going to lend your voice to it right now. The Bible says that the Spirit of God moves. When God moves, His people moves. That's why we lift our hands. That's why we lift our voice. We're responding to something that's moving that's greater than us. It's not just an exercise. It's us responding. God's moving in this place. He's manifesting himself. And my response to his moving is I lift my voice. I lift my hands. I declare there's something greater here than myself. That's where our hope comes from. You can't carry this load by yourself. that there's one greater that can do anything for you and I. As they sang that song, it's like it kept just coming back to me. He's a covenant-keeping God. That's why that's what makes it so beautiful that when you and I took on his name in baptism and was baptized in Jesus' name, you came in covenant with him. He can't break the covenant. We can break it by walking away, but as long as we stay in covenant with Him, He's going to stay in covenant with us. And the hope of the church is, is He's the greater party of the covenant. There's nothing that He cannot do. I feel such a spirit of the Lord here today wanting to minister to people and broken dreams, broken hearts, broken families. Folks, we live in North America and everything is just broke. But there's one thing that's not broke. The church ain't broke and Jesus ain't broke. And if I can stay connected to the body of Christ and Him, everything has a way of working itself out. God bless you. Sunday school, you're dismissed today. some good things happening around here and I thank God for the jet engine turbo prop plane engine we got in the breezeway that just kind of blows some air I can't wait to give that thing a good running come August of next year we're going to crank that thing up so y'all need to wear ankle bracelets to ankle weights so nobody gets blown away they say the thing can put out some air and I thank God for, for the little things like that that just helps us. What we intended with that was to everybody to have a little more fellowship. You know, our vestibule is small.
And uh, we all like to be in the air conditioning, especially in the summer. But with that being there in the, what you call that thing, breezeway, courtyard. Yeah, y'all fill in the gaps for me because my brain's gapping this morning. But that area out there that gets a little warm, yeah, we can have a little bit more fellowship out there. If you got your Bibles, John chapter 4, who's back there? Sister Beth, we're going to stay right here and dig, dig today. So John chapter 4, and um, let's, let's just start. It's going to be a little lengthy reading, but I feel like it's uh, very uh, pertinent uh, that I read this, that we're all on the same page before we, we go to digging into it. Let's start with uh, verse 5. Then cometh he, Jesus speaking of, to a city in Samaria, which is called Sychonar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. This parcel of ground in Samaria, uh, Shechem is, is another name for it. So when I make reference to it, I'm talking about uh, Shechem. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied in, uh, with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. And then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knowest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob? which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and cattle. Jesus answered and said, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now notice this next transitional verse. She's still not transitioning with him. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come to draw again. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband, come hither. And the woman answered, said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, You have no husband, for you got five husbands, and the one you're with is not yours. Skip down to verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father, spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. And God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And she says, I know the Messiah cometh, which is Christ. When he come, he will tell us. She's still not getting it. And Jesus said, I that speak unto thee, am he. I want to preach this morning, very simple title, but I feel this text is full of treasures uh, for you and I to glean from to help us understand 
where we are in the big picture of what you hear commonly preached is the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The thought that came to me is, is the he, the answer is right before you. The answer, he is right before you. If you would, lift your hands and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, help us today. Help my mind to be clear. I take authority over any witchcraft that would make confusion to our mind. Plead your blood against it now in the name of Jesus. Let your word go forth clear. Let it be understandable to our heart and our spirit. I ask it today in the name of Jesus and we give you the honor for it. Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> there is such a, uh, I hate to use the word attack. Uh, that's the common colloquialism or uh, words we use or I commonly use when I deal with spiritual things. I'll call it an attack. Uh, against the Word of God in this day and hour that we live in. And uh, matter of fact, it just kind of coincidental, it came to my remembrance a story or a conversation, not a story, a conversation of someone. Uh, and, and the issue at hand, this person was telling me uh, of their boss, uh, he, he reads the Word of God as a literary book. It's not a book that is the absolute authority as the Word of God. And that's, that's much of where the battle uh, is or the struggle in the minds of people. Uh, can I take this book as the absolute authority of the Word of God? And the attack and the battle that you and I are facing today is no different than the attack and the battle or the conversation rather people are having is no different than the conversation that they had in the garden. When the enemy came and God had clearly defined what needed to be done, thou shalt not eat of the tree, the enemy came and said, hath God said? The question is, is God really meaning what he said? Is this really such an absolute and really the attack that's coming against the minds of people, whether uh, they call themselves Christians or not, no matter what your affiliation is or denominational uh, stationary is, the, the battle is, is does the scripture really mean what it says? Does it really, uh, from, from, from a, uh, not a literary, literary position or a philosophical position or uh, some intellectual ascent position, but does the Word of God really mean what it says? And really, before you and I can ever go any further in our relationship with God, it has to be settled in you and I that the Word of God is absolute. I start a Bible study many times with many, many people. And uh, again, you've heard me made reference to it. I've sat at the table with, with, with high officials of the Buddhist religion. I've sat there with uh, Hindu shaman. Uh, uh, I've sat there with, with high-end men that go even beyond a Catholic priest. Uh, I've sat with all different religious persuasions. And, 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 with, and sitting there with them, the first order of business I try to establish with all of them is, is the word of God. God true and absolute because before we go any further in our discussion or debate or talking about the word of God if we can't establish that consistent ground this is absolute it's not subject to your interpretation it's subject to what the word of God says and whatever it says it's absolute 
And this war and attack is coming against the minds of uh, it doesn't matter again your persuasion, whether you be uh, Baptist, Pentecostal, Apostolic, uh, it doesn't matter. The attack is does it really, really matter? And the enemy who does his job, if you're ever going to give him a compliment, I'm going to give him a compliment. He does it well. In trying to divert and cause us to begin to question whether God really meant what he said in that book. And here we've got the story, Sister Beth, put it up there, John. Let's start with verse uh, 4 or 5, somewhere up in there. And here we've got this story of this, this woman in Samaria. It's very, very important that from the beginning of this story, you and I understand that the, the dealings with the Samaritans were of no dealing with the Jews. They couldn't get along for nothing. The Jews believed they were lost. They were ever lost. They could never be saved. There was no hope for the Samaritans. There was nothing in them. And they understand their background from it because when they went into captivity with Assyria and the Babylonians, the Assyrians kind of commingled with these Jews when God had told them, you don't intermarry. You need to stay with your people. And the Jews married these Assyrians and they birthed the Samaritans. Samaritans were what they would call a half-breed, and that's what many of the commentators, they're half-breed in their religious persuasion. One half of them believes in a multiplicity of gods, and the Jews believe in one God. And because that commingling of that, the Jews had no toleration for that. They had no mercy for that. They, they had no, uh, no, no, nothing in them that they would even associate with them. Matter of fact, this town became known as, and many of the writers or the back historians say, this town became known as a town of drunks. It was a town that was just messed up with all kind of immorality. It was messed up with, uh, again, drunkardness and, and, and people that, that just did not have a full understanding of who God was. But you see, even in all of the trouble and all of the backdrop of this story, Jesus says, there's something I've got there that I've got to find. Because it starts with him saying, I must need. There's something that's telling me I've got a Jesus who is God manifesting in the flesh. He knew where he was going. He never shows up by accident. But he divinely appointed this twofold. One, because there was a woman in Samaria that he wanted to get a message to. But number two, there was a people that he had to get them to understand. There's only one God, and that God is here to save no matter who it is. It don't matter what their background is. It don't matter where they come from. It don't matter what they've done. Jesus is for everybody as long as we come in alignment with the word of God and obedience to that word. He broke every cultural boundary. He broke everything all for one Little woman in Samaria. One little lady, Brother Kyle, that had her world messed up. And I've preached this message before from the perspective of what drew God. But this morning, I want to preach it from the perspective of this little lady. This lady now, we know the ending of it and Jesus had to reveal it. But up until this point, there was no discussion about this. She had already had four or five husbands or four and now the one she's with ain't the one she's supposed to. Her life is not well. 
I don't think it would take a psychologist to look at all this and say, that's a little bit abnormal. Even for our day to day, there's something wrong there. And this little lady, I believe, Brother Roger, was at a point that she just could not see God would ever care about her. I don't know about you, maybe you, you, you got more faith than I got, but there's been times, Brother Will, that I ain't been married four times, five times. Thank you, Jesus, I got just the one. Dodge that bullet. I ain't never been down that road, but there has been situations, Brother Steve. I've been down the road where I kind of just scratched my head and said, God, after what I've done, man, I don't know if you could do anything with me again. Again, to the self-righteous today, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to people that are human. Me and brother Charlie, we're human. We messed up. We've dropped the ball. And I thought sometimes, brother Charlie, God, there ain't no way you're going to ever give me a chance again. And you know what the hardest I feel looking back when he finally did get through to me, brother Charlie, the hardest struggle was not him getting to me. It was me realizing he was there all along. My hardest struggle, brother Daryl, was trying to forgive myself get beyond what I did and realize that God is a merciful God that wants to help me through whatever I've been through. I'm not giving license to do whatever. You're gonna see in this story, Jesus digs her down really deep. But the struggle for this little lady was her realizing that whatever you've done, I've got something for you. And I need you to realize the answer is right in front of your face. You say, well, Brother Benoit, we don't have no well here today. We don't have Jesus coming in the flesh. Wife, that was a good chance for you to nudge your husband. He thinks he's God. He ain't. We don't have that. But I tell you what we do have, Brother Joey. We got the word of God. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1 and 1 says it like this. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. 1 John 5, 7 says, And there are three that bear record in heaven and in earth. The earth was the Word, the Spirit, the blood, and the water. He's saying, I gave you a record. I gave you something that's literally right in front of you. Jesus ain't here in the flesh, No. And there ain't no angel standing here that you can see and say, whoa, I received. No, but he gives you the word to look at it and say, okay, God, if I've got your book, if I've got your word, then everything I need is right here in this book. And whatever I may face, whatever I may go through, if I'll let the book bear witness, you're going to see the answer to the situation that you're facing. You don't have to go find the answer somewhere else. Put your nose in the book. I promise you, God will talk to you. He'll tell you the answer of how to be a better husband, a better father, a better saint, a better person. But the struggle is getting in the book. The battle, 
Why do you think we got so many versions now? Now I'm going to be real careful how I say this. But not every version is the authorized version. You better be careful what version you read. Because I got some versions they took out and they're trying very hard to pull out the blood element in this book. Well, if you were a, a, a good devil and you knew that the blood don't giggle too hard. If you were a good devil, what would be one of the first things or second things you'd hit? I'm going to hit their mind and I'm going to try to pull out the evidence, the element that brings them back to God. What's the element that brings us back to God? The blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. I can't get rid of the blood. As long as the blood's in the book, the blood can be applied to me. But if the enemy has his way, he's going to tell you the answer. The, the answer's not in the, oh, I tell you now. The blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus can destroy any addiction. It can destroy depression. It can destroy... Uh, I feel something pressing up against me. The blood of the lamb can destroy your suicide. It can destroy your hopelessness. The blood of the lamb can heal your mind and heal your family. But if I begin to believe, well, that's just a bunch of old fogey stuff. And all these new translations want to take away from the blood. Take it out of it. It wants to take out the incarnation. Because two components. It don't want you to believe that the blood is the only way back to God. Repentance. It don't want you to believe that. Now think about it folks. If you were a good devil, you'd make everybody believe you can keep living in sin and everything's okay. Hello. Is this not the hour we live in now? But somebody got to declare with a voice saying, you know what? I found something in that book. Says no filthy communication come out of my mouth. You can't give your husband and wife a good cussing and think everything okay. But I tell you the remedy. When you get the spirit of God in you, something can begin to change. You talk different. You act different. You think different. Why? Because when the blood of the lamb touches your heart, something begins to change. You see, don't, don't, don't believe that word, Brother Will. Same problem she was facing, and she had Jesus in the flesh, is the same problem we're facing today. And everything under the sun wants to dilute this word and make you and I believe. It's an antiquated old literary philosophical bunch of... And it's not... It's the eternal word of God. You say, Brother Benoit, how in the world are you so strong with that? But then let me tell you several reasons. One, prophecy proves it. How in the world could Isaiah say, for he sitteth on the circles of the earth. Poor old Columbus was dumber than a box of rocks. If he'd have just read the Bible... The Bible said God sits on the circle. It ain't never been flat. It's always been circular. But Columbus never got in the Bible and read that part. And many perished because of a lack of knowledge. I could have saved old Columbus a whole lot of rowing on that boat if he'd have just had one apostolic preacher to tell him the truth. 
Prophecy proves it. Archaeology's proved it. Science has even proven it. I mean, how many of you remember years ago when you got sick, you'd walk into a pharmacy? I don't remember it, but I remember seeing the pictures, pictures of old pharmacies, Walgreens. You walked in there, and on the counter was a jar, Brother Wade, and in that big old jar was a bunch of leeches. Y'all don't remember none of that. And we got that swimming in the lake. And you'd get a leech, and you'd put it on you. Because the doctor said we're going to let the bad blood out. The Bible says the life is in the blood. You got sicker when you put the leech on you, but yet they never got in the book. The word of God can stand by itself. It don't need me to defend it. All I need to do is declare it. And I'm declaring to somebody here today, Jesus might not be face to face with you, but the word of God is. And whatever answer you need, it's in this book. And God will give it to you. No matter what you've done or where you've come from. But the battle and the struggle, oh, it's just it's just a book. It don't mean anything. It's just something we just read. I read it kind of just when it's comfortable. No. And here's this little woman sitting on the well. Let's go, Sister Beth. Verse 5. Jesus is going to Sychar, which is known as Shechem. Shechem, according to Genesis, I think it's Genesis maybe 33. Yeah, I can go find it for you real quick. 33. It says it like this. This was the land that Jacob, Jacob had just come back from fighting or approaching Esau. The fallout with them, he left, he goes to Laban, Jacob's coming back. And as he's coming back, he goes to Manaham. And when he leaves that place, the very next chapter is this. And they embrace, they talk, they embrace, everything goes good. Jacob and Esau, let me cross over and he finds peace with his brother. And then there, the Bible says in the very last verses of that chapter of Genesis, it says Jacob took the land or he got the land, the parcel, and the Bible says that he built an altar in Shechem. He built an altar and called it Elo. Uh, I forget the exact terminology for it again. If I had it, I think it's 33 and 20. You got it? Well, then look at that. You're getting a raise. He erected there an altar and called it Elo Elo Israel. El is God. But now watch this. El, it means the mighty one, God. It means the one mighty God. It don't mean multiple. It don't mean three. It don't mean seven. It means one God. Jacob makes an altar to the one true God. God, the one that's able to do what he thought in his mind was impossible. Watch, reconciliation between him and his brother. And I tell somebody here today, whatever relationship in your husband, wife, family, friend, I'm telling you that God can reconcile no matter what it is. If you and I will build, an, uh, there's a contingency. There gotta be an altar. There ain't no reconciliation where there ain't no altar. But if I build the altar, God can reconcile any marriage. He can reconcile any mother and son. He can reconcile any brother to brother, sister to sister. 
altar. But you and I have got to let God be the mighty one at an altar of repentance. And this symbolizes, now take this little story, reconciliation, God healing, God healing the relationship between Jacob and Esau. God healing a family. That's what this symbolizes. The mighty one God. Now fast forward to John 4. And let's go to verse 5. And there Jesus comes to Shechem. The place now that they say, it's history. You can't trust history. But they say, a town of drunks. But now I can trust the word. The word said he went to Shechem. And Shechem was an, an old seed bed where Isaac or Jacob had a relationship with God at an altar. And now they say it's a drunken place, but let's just write that one off. We know what she was. She had done had four marriages. She had a broken life, broken heart, broken mind. It would be pretty good conclusion to realize that her whole life was a mess. But God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to an old well. I'm going to go to an old altar place because I remember what Jacob did for me then and what I was to him then. And maybe some little lady that her faith is broken. Her world is broken. Her life is broken. But if I can tell her there's only one God, something will begin to happen in her life that will astound everybody else. So it helped me understand why would you detour, Jesus? You don't make detours because I'm heading to Shechem. I'm going to an old place where I met a man there by the name of Jacob. And he built an altar. And I showed up and gave him a revelation of I'm the mighty one God. And I showed him when he built it how I could heal and fix relationships. How I could fix and heal the mind. Again, serve notice here today. This is the word. But even today under the sound of my voice, the answer's before you, Charlie. And the struggle God's having is trying to get you to see it because you're looking at me as I'm just another preacher. That's just another scripture. That's just another sermon. I can get sermons on YouTube, FaceTube, Facebook. I can get sermons all over and they don't mean it because everything's just kind of become common. But if you and I will bring our faith in a consolidated effort and say, it's the word of God. It ain't got nothing to do with Indian Village or this church or the preacher. It's the word of God and if God can get it through to you you'll get the answer you've been looking for I tell you what he'll keep you off the counselor's bench he'll keep you off of Prozac I believe in this hour God wants to heal people's mind like today the answer's before you in the word and God say it Come on, Charlie. Come on, the answer's before you. I got, Sister Mary, God's got this. Brother Lester, God's got this. God's fixing to do something. I said, where, where's our teachers? God's fixing to do something in our schools. I'm about to bust at the seams. 
God's about to do something in our schools. God's about to do something in our high school. The answer's right before us. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. If he did it for the woman at Samaria, then God can do it for you. And Jesus goes to the well, being weary. Oh, that's a message right there. Ooh, Jesus was weary. Here was the question I asked. Let me just, I, I can't stand it. I got to preach it. Just let me give you a synopsis. Was he weary from the journey of dealing with people? Not the journey. I can give you scripture all the way back to Deuteronomy where, where Moses told you, Joshua chapter 1. He's telling Joshua, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. And the problem and what he was encouraging for wasn't the Amalekites and the Hittites. It's the people you're leading. Jesus was weary with the journey. You know, it gets kind of old going city after city saying, I'm the life. Nah, I got a good life. I don't need you. I got hope. Nah, American Express gives me hope. I can give you peace. Nah, I can go on a cruise for that. And Jesus is constantly in North America, 2023, I'm the life, I'm living water, I'm a hope, I'm peace. Nah. And Jesus is weary. He goes and he says, I just got to sit down when Jesus has to take a seat. Ooh, that preaches too. Y'all feeling me. I tell right now, I'm going to throw some of y'all to my young preach with me. Next verse. And there cometh a woman, Samaria. Jesus said unto her, now watch this. She's the one in need. And Jesus says, give me drink. I'm flipping the coin. I done told you, I done preached about his, him coming to need. But watch, he's got to get her to see what I got, you need. I preach it from God's coming. He comes to the need. He runs to the need. And God does. Go buy the tape on that one. I'm on the other side today. I want you to see how she is positioned. And the struggle within her. Now Jesus told you he's sitting down. He's chilling, man. He's like hanging out. Everything good. He's a little weary. But you know what? For God who? That's in the flesh. He's weary. As God. He is the well sitting on the well. And look what he does. Go get me some. He tried to engage her. You're the one needing something. I'm here to meet your need, but I need you to see that. You see it? Maybe he's, just, he's preaching to me today. I'm here. I'm ready. I got angels, I got resources, I got healing, I got power, my word, I got everything. But what good is it to have it and me not realize the answer's right in front of my face? It's like I'm preaching in North America. I wish I had a megaphone. I wish it, uh, T, 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 what's some channel station? CBS, C, T, CNN. Give me CNN's mic. And I'd like to declare... To Tom Bro calling all of them. He's dead. <laughs> Whoever the newest one is. I'd like to declare 
Jesus is standing at the threshold of heaven for North America saying, I'm ready. Brother David Smith, right now, to, today, as I speak, last night, he was in a Baptist church. 18 people got the Holy Ghost. 39 people were healed. Oh, wait, it gets better. A couple hours before that, he was in a Methodist church. They got the Holy Ghost. The Methodist preachers got the Holy Ghost. They've had a total of almost 300 people in the Methodist and Baptist denomination got the Holy Ghost, and they're probably going to baptize him today. And 30 plus miracles. You tell me God's not standing there saying the answer's right in front of your face. I can heal you of cancer. I can heal your family. I can heal your marriage. But you got to believe the absolute word of God. If you don't believe it's the absolute word, you're kind of where she is. I'm preaching to you. Go, next verse. Where's the disciples going? Next verse. And the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it thou, being a Jew, ask us to drink? Open that Bible, Brother Steve, so I can see. I ain't got no glass. Open it. I need to see. Because that media thing. You can keep that, Sister Beth, but I need to see my Bible. You got it for me, Brother Steve? He said, right. woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that, being a Jew? Here she said, why are you crossing the line? See, she's wrestling with what people think. And today, you're wrestling with what people think. I say again, if my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, whatever it is, was lost and had a need, there ain't nobody on this planet going to stop me from embracing the hope of what Jesus can do. And she's trying to figure all this out by saying all this stuff of what people think. Jesus comes to her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it was, verse 10, give us a drink that would have asked, I give you living water. And you know what he just said? You know what he just said? Find me that old platform and I can just set this on, brother. You got a little small podium somewhere? A little bitty one? Yeah, yeah, bring me that one. That's good. Yeah. He goes, if you ask, you know, used to these glasses, brother. I'm looking underneath them like that. But get this, he said, if you knew who's in front of you, you wouldn't be asking this. Now watch this. If you miss this point, just let him put the point. Oh, y'all don't have to bring that big one, my God. I ain't staying up here till tomorrow. I'm going to eat. My Lord, I ain't staying here that long. Thank you, guys. Good job. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't want y'all to go through all that effort is my point. I'm sorry. He said, if you knew who was in front of you, now watch this. He said, he would have given you living water. Here's what the Lord spoke to me, Brother Joe. Living water moves. And here's what he was saying. I'm standing in front of you, lady. And you're trying to figure out about this old well. And I'm right here before you that what I got, if you get has got the ability to move things out of you. That's why people go to, and I'm not against doctors and psychologists. I love every one of them. And medication, I'm for it. We, we, great, we need all of that. But I do believe that God's got healing. 
by the moving of the living waters of the Holy Ghost that God could heal your mind, he could heal your emotions, he could heal your spirit, he could heal you. You keep doing the medication and those things, what a greater testimony. You go into the doctor and says, I don't need those meds no more. I don't need that no more. Doctor will say, how? I had an encounter with living water. I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it moved out of my mind all the hang-ups of yesterday and the problems I've been through. But once again, Jesus is here saying, the answer's in front of you. It's right here. Living water. He's saying, I can, my water moves things. You can't move your own problem. You, that's why I say this to alcoholics and drug addicts and whoever, people that's been abused. I tell, say, you can't fix yourself. What happened to you in abuse was wrong. But now here we are. So what do we do? We let the living water of God heal what was done. Alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. It's an addiction. And God's saying, you don't understand. When you get my spirit, I've got an ability to move that addiction out of you. I told you the story when we prayed for Westerbar. He come up to me and say, he said, Brother Benoit, he said, I just can't quit smoking. I can't. And I knew old West, he, God was moving in his life. Doing, he said, would you just pray? I just said, Jesus' name, God, take away this feeling inside of him. Take away the addiction right now that he has. And from that day forward, he never smoked again. Now, one time, you say, what are you talking about, Brother Benoit? Here's what I'm saying. I got the word in me. You got the word in you. That's why the next time you pray for somebody, you don't need to pray with this mindset. Well, I don't guess God going to do it. No, 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 no. I'm going to pray with living water. Now, if they damn it up and stop it, that's them. But I know within me, the word of God is true. And he said, by my stripes, you're healed. It means your mind. That means your body. He said, I got living water. I want to move. I want to move through you. And she says, next verse, Sister Beth. The woman said, sir, here it is. I, the well's deep. I ain't got nothing to dip with. He's trying to get her. To, and finally, 12, aren't you greater than Jacob? Here's what she's saying. This well, you don't obviously know who this is, who this well is. This is Jacob. This is where the mighty one God revealed himself to Jacob. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't think Jesus got a little chuckle? Him going, I'm, one, I, I'm God, I, I, I am he. I'm going to prove it to you in scripture. He says it. That's when the closing remarks. He's going, I'm one God. I am the Father. I'm the Holy Ghost. I'm the burning bush. I'm the Alpha, the Omega. And the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily. But she's looking at it going, well, don't you know this is sacred? This is like a sacred well. Who do you think you are? And then verse 13, Jesus said, he comes again, just in his sweetness, he goes, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst. In other words, you keep pulling from that same old well, you ain't never going to get the change you want. I'm preaching to somebody here today. I'm using the woman, but that's you and me. We keep going back to the same well that don't ever fix us. We go to the same thing. We go, to the same, we go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. And God says, I'm your master physician. I can put in you a brand new backbone. I can put in you a brand new arm. But you got to go to an altar and let him reveal himself to you. But whoso drinketh of the water, verse 14, that I give you. 
you're never going to thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be a well. Here's what he says. You keep going to the same old well, and you're going to get the same old response. But if you'll change your direction and realize I've been trying to preach to you for this long. I, this, Jesus said, I've been preaching to you and preach. I'm trying to give you the answer. And my challenge to you right now is trying to get me to realize Jesus is right there in front of me. And he's ready to put some things together. He's ready to heal some things. He's ready to fix some things in your family. But you got to quit drinking from that well. And you got to go to the well of living water, which is him. What does that mean? Complete trust. Complete surrender. Complete obedience. And if you'll give him that, he will move things out of your life. So, he says, watch. Now, here's the turning point, and I'm coming to a close. Close enough. He says, who's drinkers of the water? I shall give him. He'll never thirst. But now you will become the well. When you drink of me, you now become a mobile well. So now... We just multiply. That's why when you get the Holy Ghost, you didn't get another person of a, of a Godhead. You got God, the earnest gift. You got him in you. And the way you know you got him in you is you speak with other tongues. There's the well. That's why these people say talking in tongues don't matter. Talking in tongues don't matter. You can't find no scripture in there. Everywhere they got the Holy Ghost, there was an evidence of speaking with tongues except for maybe one place. And there was a sign of it. Why? Because there's a living flow. Now we just multiplied, and now you become that living water, and you begin. Now you can go pray for somebody else that's just like that woman. Their life is in a wreck. Their life is messed up. They don't have no answers. You don't become self righteous. You just become an outer flow of what's already in you. It gets better. 14. He gave her that thing, and watch what she says. The woman said unto him, Give me the water. That I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now watch this. When I read it, it's like the Holy Ghost just let a little light bulb go off. She's still thinking, I want the living, but I still want to hang out at my other well. Because in her mind, I don't want to draw no more. She's still thinking, this is going to take something I got to draw from. It's a works mentality. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. You don't earn this. You just fall on your face and say, God, forgive me. I sinned. I messed up. And really mean it in your heart. And the well gets to moving. And it gets to flowing. And before you leave out of this building today, you can have a miracle in your life, in your family, in your home. But you can't dip it both wells. She was still trying to, and Jesus is trying to transition her. He's trying to transition her, and watch what he does. And seriously, I'm, I'm coming to close. 16. 14 says, drink of it, you'll never thirst. She's saying, I'm tired of coming to the well, but, and then the next verse, he goes. He goes, Jesus said, skip that part, just say the red letter. Go call your husband. Here's what he did, Brother Joe. Because she still got a, a natural mindset. I got a, in other words, my mind can't comprehend how God heals cancer. My mind can't comprehend how you get the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. 
you're not supposed to comprehend it. You're supposed to obey it by faith. This is where the authority of the word of God's got to be in place. If you don't believe the authority is black and white just like it says, then you can't go no further. Because there's always going to be a questioning spirit about you. I'm not saying you can't look at the word and look, word of God and look at it from an inquisitive, God, what did you mean there? Show me. I'm talking about it's settled. This is the word of God. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's no other options. That's not a Pentecostal thing. Call me a Angus Bull religion. I don't care what you call me. As long as I'm preaching that and that book, you can label me whatever you want. And this little woman is trying to get rid of the natural while Jesus is trying to transition her to supernatural. I'm in front of you. I'm the answer. I'm the fulfillment of everything you're looking for because you went from man to man to man to man and you ain't never settled it. But when you get a taste of my water, you get contentment. And he says, go get your husband. And she goes, huh? What you talking about? I ain't got no husband. Watch. The supernatural gifts begin to operate. He goes, I know you don't. Thou hast well said. But he's trying to pull her in to get her to see he's right there. And he's trying to fight through her mind that's going, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I've done too many mistakes. I've messed up. I got four husbands and I'm, I'm living with one that I ain't even married to. And it, it's just, I'm messed up and all this is just not working out. And Jesus is saying, I'm right in front of you. I'm right in front of you. I'm right in front. I'm not condoning what you did, but I'm telling you this. You getting honest and saying, you know what? I got a messed up world and a messed up life and I've seen is the best thing you and I could ever do. Because it opens the floodgate of God flowing to you and I and the blessing of God and the favor of God. It's time. It's time. I'm telling you, I feel such a prophetic word in this place today. Musicians, y'all just come up here. Come on. Come on. Nobody stand yet. Y'all stay standing. Who's those standing? He goes, woman, I perceive you are the prophet. Now watch what verse 19 says. She said, I perceive. Sister Linda Bushnell, she finally is kicking it into gear. She's finally going. But she didn't say you're the Messiah. She just said, I perceive there's something spiritual about you. It's like today. I perceive there's something spiritual in this building. But they ain't made the kick over yet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain and say, Jesus answered back, verse 21, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye neither shall worship it. She's arguing over the mountains. And watch what Jesus said. There's an hour coming. I don't care what, where, Jerusalem or this mountain, I don't care what you do. Here's what he's saying. It's not where you worship, it's how you worship. And the lesson for us here today to learn is, it's not where you worship. You can go worship in the piney woods or the, by the river or in, in Zimbabwe. It ain't where you worship. It's what am I worshiping and how am I worshiping it? Am I worshiping it completely unfettered to him? If you are, you got a river of living water coming to you. I'm telling somebody today, there's healing in this place. There's healing to the mind and the emotions. The world has stripped you. It's pillaged you. It's raped your mind and emotion. But you hear me. There's a man by the name of Jesus. 
that went to a cross and shed blood for you and I. So you ask the question, how is my worship? Jesus said, God is a spirit and they that worship. So now he gives them the how. It's not where, it's how. You got to get honest and transparent before God. That's why if you read in that Bible, it's little s and little t. Little T's you, human spirit. If I don't get honest, Brother Wade, you can forget it. God ain't doing nothing for me. And anything I have good is either a good grandmama that prayed some prayers or it's just I got a grit teeth effort and I'm using my talents outside of God's will and the blessing is out of my own flesh. It's one of the two. But when you put God in the economy... There's a river that can't be stopped and the favor and the blessing of God begins to move. But I got to get honest and worship him in spirit and truth. Stand with me. The woman said, I know. She's still not getting it. She goes, I know the Messiah cometh, which is the Christ. He's to come. He'll tell us things. Verse 26, sister. Beth. And finally, after all this that she said and Jesus trying his best to get her to see right here in front of you you know what I almost did I've done I've heard this done not done it in this magnitude but I almost did it this morning I need about 10 Bibles and I need you to put them on the back don't do it I want you to put them across the threshold of the back door I almost did it, but I know it freaked a lot of you out. You probably wouldn't come back, so don't get nervous. I won't do it. But you get the principle. The word of God just went forth today, Brother Butch. Here, kick these doors open for me. And I'd stretch those Bibles across this little door. Right here. And Brother Daryl, when you leave today, you heard the word of God. You heard God declaring through his word. And this woman, I didn't give you a bunch of stories give you the word of God of what he did with a woman and he closed with it and said I that speak to thee am he the he ain't in the original he's saying I am another I am what he was saying was this I am the God of the Old Testament I'm the God of the New there ain't three there ain't seven there's one God I am he the same one that sat on the well in the spirit while Jacob built it and I revealed to him Allah. he said that same spirit is right here in front of you woman in the flesh you with me? he said I am today I don't have that brother Butch but I got the word and if I put that word across here today brother Daryl when you leave today you got to literally step over what God's word just told you You're hearing the word of God. You're hearing the word of God. This is why people quit Pentecostal churches like this, apostolic ones like this. Because they'd rather go to some stoic. You need to remember, what's in a graveyard, Sister Melissa? Dead people. I don't want to live in a dead graveyard. I want to live where things are living. I want to be around people that's got miracles. If God ever healed you, then I want to be around you. If God ever did a miracle for you, then I want. If God ever did something from you, I want to be with you, Brother Wade, because that's where the miracles are. You say, man, you, you are one crazy preacher. 
No, I'm just crazy enough to do everything in my power through the unction of the Holy Ghost to make you and I realize the same thing Jesus did then is what he's doing in this service today. And just like that little woman, she's going to get up. She go, I don't remember the rest of what she did. really don't care. Point is, she had a visitation. And she either stepped over him and said, I'm going to keep living in my mess. Or she can say, you are him. Change me. And today, God's asking somebody, how long will you go before you acknowledge the fact, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. But you got to take it my way and not your way. You say, well, if that means it sounds like I'm taking it the Pentecostal way. I told you, I don't care what you call me. Take it God's word way. And whatever he said in that book, what do you say we let God just put families and hearts and minds? I want to be healed. What about you? I want to be whole. What about you? And if the answer's in front of me, then I'm saying, Jesus, come home with me. I want you to live with me. I want you to live in me. And whatever it takes, lift your hands all across this building right now. Come on, God's talking to somebody right here. I don't want you to come to the altar just yet. I want you to talk to him right there in that pew. We're going to come to the altar here in a minute. But I need you to talk to him right there in that pew. Come on, just talk to him in the Lord. His, the answer's in front of you. The Spirit of God's in front of you. And God's going to touch somebody. When you get to this altar this morning, somebody's up here waiting for you. And his, man, his name is Jesus. And he's going to help you. Now, grab the hand of the person next to you. And let's all come together right now. Come on, from the back to the front. Nobody exempt. Visitors, we invite you. We're not going to do anything to you. We just want you to come and be a part of our family. Come on, come. Come on, and when you come, I want you to lift your voice again. If you don't have the Holy Ghost today, say, God, forgive me. Forgive me today, God. I need some ministers right now that'll just go encourage people. I need some ministers today that'll help me. I need some ministers that'll help me today. Just go pray with people. Just encourage them. That's all. Help me pray. If you find a visitor, find a visitor, pray with them right now. Come on, let's repent together. God, forgive me. Forgive me of everything I've done. Come on, I'll help you. Forgive me, God, of things I've said. Come on, the answer's in front of you, and God's wanting to help you. But don't be like the woman that we negated because we're drinking from two wells. The wells of the Spirit and the wells of the natural. We need the well of the Spirit to fix this crazy world. You can't fix yourself, and it's going to get to the place the doctor can't fix you either.